to be here. Again, I say that again. Um, whenever Pastor Mitch asks me, do I want to preach? I'm always like, yeah, I will, but you, you, can, you can have it. Y'all know he's, he's getting back from vacation, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to stand here and minister you, to you tonight. So normally when Pastor asks me to minister, um, of course, I always begin to seek God on what he would have me to speak. And um, sometimes he speaks super clearly and super early, which is really nice and convenient so that I can prepare. And other times he just waits and he waits and waits and waits. Well, this time he kind of waited. Well, he, he missed my deadline, you see. And so I started preparing and it was getting good. And then um, the Lord, um, he said, no, I want you to minister on faith. I said, what is the minister on faith? Like I'm telling you, like I'm laying in bed, sleep. And the Lord, I could hear him just as almost as clearly as I could hear you. And I ain't never happened to me like that before. I hear him pretty clearly when I'm leading worship. Sometimes Holy Spirit say, go here, sing that, don't do that. But Holy Spirit said, faith, 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 faith. And he kept saying it to the point where I had to open my eyes and say, yes, Lord. And then the next night, um, he began to give me the outline. He woke me up again, y'all. He said, faith, speaking, expectation. Rest, faith, speaking, expectation, rest. And he kept, like, I could have taken my pillow and just, like, thrown it across the room, like, I got it. But I didn't do that. And he kept doing that, y'all, until I actually rolled over and was obedient, took out my phone and wrote those points down. So I'm telling y'all, before I went to Orlando last week, I had it all. The Lord had given me the topic, and then he gave me the outline. So I was feeling really, really good. I think he just loves me, so I didn't have to spend a whole lot of time on my vacation um, stressing about this, but I want to I talk about faith. And I want to talk about faith because, um, not because you don't have faith or that you need more faith, but I truly believe that God is bringing a lot of you into a position where you're going to need the capacity to believe him for more. I was listening to a podcast and um, the pastor said, God is getting ready to bless you if you have the faith enough to uh, believe that he will pay off your car and your mortgage by Christmas. And everybody in the podcast, you know, they shout in the background. I was like, that's a lot to believe you for. <laughs> like, with God, all things are possible. Nothing is too hard for God. Yes, we know this. But I'm like, I don't know if I have the faith muscles big enough to believe God for my car being paid off or, or for my house being paid off. Do, do, do you? Yes, I hope you do. I, I want you to. I want you to. But that struck me. And, you know, um, and then sometimes we get to thinking about faith, and we have faith in God, but we don't necessarily have faith in what he wants to do in your life. It's almost like, I'll believe it when I see it, Lord, because life happens, and and some things have happened where it may have caused you to say, "Ah, I don't know if I can necessarily trust you in that area. So that's all the stuff God just downloaded in me as he began to pour into me about this message. So the very first scripture I want to go to is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And I have a lot of scriptures tonight. Y'all know we love the word here. So we're going to move through them. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many of y'all want to please God? But church, if you don't have faith in who he is, it's impossible to please him. So as a believer, your default setting has to be that of faith. 
If faith isn't your default setting, and what I mean by default setting, some of y'all back in the day, if you was walking and somebody pushed you, your default setting was these hands came up automatically. So for you, your default setting as a believer, it has to be faith and recognizing that if you have a heart to please God, faith is step one. You will not please God if you don't have faith. Your faith is for pleasing and it is for the living. Okay, you can't live without faith. Um, So I want to unpack five things um, in regards to faith for you tonight. Um, The first thing is developing your faith. Like I said, those faith muscles. Ask your neighbor, what are you listening to? You ain't do it. We're going to get it. What are you listening to? In Mark 4. Verse 23 and 24, it says, if any man hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what ye hear and what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given. And then in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So listen, if you want to grow in faith based on these scriptures, how do you grow in it? How, do, how does it come? It comes by hearing. So you will begin to develop, based on that principle, you will begin to develop in whatever you give your ear to. Take guard what you hear. If you watch a lot of trash TV, uh, trash might, it just might, it might, it just might start coming out. If you, um, I don't know, if, 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 if you give your ear to a lot of leadership and, and business podcasts, if you give your ear to watching ESPN all the time, nothing wrong with leadership podcasts and business podcasts because God wants leaders and we need sports, right, guys? <laughs> but if you give your ear to that, that's what you'll develop in. So my challenge right off the bat is, are you giving enough of your ear to the word of God? Are you? Like, what are you listening to? Um, and, 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 and even in that, when I read the Bible, I would go as far as saying some scriptures out loud so that you hear them. If you say, well, I don't know who I can I can listen to. I mean, if you come here on Wednesdays, if you come here on Sunday, we have an awesome man of God who teaches the word here. If you say, I really don't really know what else I can get a, uh, involved in to grow. We got an awesome bookstore right out there. It's some nice, nice books. And then if you say, I need something a little bit more. I personally subscribe to this um, to this blog from this gentleman from South Carolina, and it is so good. It's called MitchHorton.com. <laughs> you see where I was going with that? And I'm not just putting a plug in because he's my pastor. I mean, it is some good stuff. I don't understand how anybody could ever leave this church and say it's just not deep enough for me because homeboy teaches us. It's meaty, and it's not all this fat and stuff you don't need. It's like straight up protein. We should be strong and pecs should be popping out and stuff like that. It's faith wise because we have such good teaching here. And there's lots of other great teachers out there as well. But the point is, what are you giving your ear to? If you give your ear to a bunch of gossip, if you give your ear to a bunch of people, even if they're not talking to you, but you're around it enough where people just vent and say, I'll never have nothing. I can never get to what God eventually you begin to take on that attitude because it's what's in your spirit, and it's starting to come out. Ask your neighbor, what are you listening to? Let me go to my second point, love and faith. Ask your neighbor, how well do you love others? Now, I got to admit, y'all, this was a little bit of, I know love, but it was a little bit of 
it was, it was, God downloaded some revelation to me. So check this out. In Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. Uh, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love. Somebody say love. love. The Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love. Somebody say love. love. Thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So God gave ten commandments and like a bunch of other, hundreds of other ordinances. And he's saying, if you can just get your love walk right, then you can fulfill all of these other laws and all these other ordinances that came through Moses. You see what I'm saying? Um, if your love walk ain't right, you're going to have trouble in the area of activating your faith. In Galatians 5 verse 6, I'm going to tell you why I know that. It says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. I'll say that again. Faith which worketh by love. Church, faith is what puts um, into motion. Faith is put into motion by love. Does that make sense? So um, if you read like 1 Corinthians 12 and it has um, 1 Corinthians 13 next to it. And y'all know where I'm going with this, right? 1 Corinthians 12, for all my Bible scholars, it's talking about all the spiritual gifts and the discernment of gifts and all these wonderful things. And whoa, we need the gifts. We need the gifts in the body. But then um, the Apostle Paul, he sandwiches chapter 12 and chapter 14 with chapter 13. And it's all about love. And he says, because we're talking about faith, he goes as far as says, look, I can have faith as to removing mountains. But if I don't have love, I have nothing. Oh, I am nothing, rather. I am nothing because faith worked by love. So if you've been believing God for something and it doesn't seem like it's coming to pass, you should check who do I have an odd against. Who? Somebody somewhere is causing you to not get your breakthrough because you have not forgiven them or you haven't gotten that thing right. So, I mean, if all hell is breaking loose in your world, in your job, your kids not acting right, the folks on your job treating you crazy, look, who am I not loving right? I would start there. I would start there. I'm not saying it's everything. And even with that church, let me make this disclaimer and say this, because there's a lot of people who are going to say this, and I'm going to say it just because Holy Spirit dropped it in me. There's a lot of people who are going to say, you know what, Joshua, though, you know, I, I, I have faith in God, and I and I believe God and his word. I believe that whatever I ask him for, especially if I put the right tagline behind it in Jesus' name, that it'll come to pass. But there's been some things that haven't come to pass in my life. So I don't know if I can really trust God in this area. Let me say this. I do not know why everything that we believe God for may or may not come to pass in this season. October 2013, probably the only thing in my life I could have ever needed God to bring to pass in my life. It did not work out for me. It did not work out for me. So recognize church. And for anybody listening, I am not up here as somebody saying you don't have enough faith. That's not what the purpose of this message is. I've been where you are and I probably will have other circumstances that come up in my life where I might not get it. But I have enough faith in God and I want you to have enough faith in God where if something doesn't pan out the way you hoped it would, you're just shocked. You just I'm shocked because I know who my God is. So to speak, doesn't it's not it's it's not a thing where church we can take scripture 
pick and choose what we're going to believe. For instance, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So essentially, we're saying the Word is who? It's God, right? So I can't take this part of my scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and let that be my life verse, and not take the part that says that if I believe that I receive when I pray, I just have it. Because you can't separate God from his Word. It's either all or nothing. And God is not like man that he should lie. God is not a liar. So uh, uh, John Robinson said this past Sunday, somewhere we just got to get revelation somewhere. And I'm not telling you that I have it all. Holy Spirit just wanted me to let y'all know that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But since I'm up here, check your love walk. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, and so faith, hope, love abide. I'm reading the Amplified. It says faith, conviction and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation and love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So all tonight I'm talking about faith, but if you don't have love, your faith will not be put set in, into motion because faith works by love. And then first verse of chapter 14, he says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love Make it your aim and your great quest. If you can't love church, and I'm hanging a little bit longer on this part, if you can't, because I, I think we need to get it. If we can't love, I don't think much of anything will work right in your life. It's quiet in this Catholic church. <laughs> Point number three, words and faith. What are you saying, though? Hebrews 11:1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The very first two words of this verse is what I want to focus on right now. Now faith. Faith is always now. So make sure your tenses are right. And here's what I mean by that. Um, if, you're, if your words or whatever you're believing for um, is pointing to the future tense, that's not faith. That's hope. Oh, I hope that it snows this December. Yeah, it's just hope. But um, faith is always spoken in the now or it's always spoken in the past tense. So when I'm exercising my faith, using my words, I say stuff like, thank you that I am healed. Or thank you, God, that you already healed me. So uh, yesterday, for some reason, man, my, I did something to my back. My back, it, it, I wasn't in pain, but I was very uncomfortable for a little bit. And y'all know I'm turning 30 next month. So, oh. And, um, you know, I'm getting up. Yeah, getting a little older, getting a little wiser, you know. Come on, glory to God. And so, you know, I say, I say, Lord, man, this might be all right tomorrow, you know. I say, the devil, he attacking me. And, you know, he's he trying to stop me from giving his word. So I come out of my office, and I see some people standing in the hallway. And I said, man, somebody pray for me. And so, you know, some people, they, they prayed for me. But I did not receive the manifestation of my healing right then and there. Okay? I'm just... I'm, 
You said, but you got to say faith now. It's not, I'm talking about, I'm being real. In the natural, I, my back was still very much uncomfortable. But I didn't walk around saying, I'm in pain. My back. My back. I did not do that. So I get home and Levi's like, daddy oh. And so he wants to play. And all I did, I just go over and I just lay on the sofa on my back. I just, just lay there. And he's jumping on me and stuff like that. But I'm still very careful to not confess in my back. He just said, come on, let's play. Let's play. And I'm just like, just let me lay here for a little bit. Let's play. And then he said, why not? And I said, look, let me just keep it real. I said, my back is, is, is a little tight. It's a little uncomfortable. Will you pray for daddy's back? He said, okay. So he put his hand on my back and he used, I teach my son, you got to use the name of Jesus. Sometimes I get a little gibberish in there, but as long as you say Jesus name, we're going to be all right. So he, he put my hand on my back and I clearly heard him say, you know, say, um, you know, Lord, thank you that his back doesn't hurt in Jesus' name. I said, oh, thank you, baby. You know what he did? He said, well, let's go play. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, all right, Lord, I'm teaching on faith tomorrow. I need to make sure that I actually believe what I'm teaching. So you know what? <laughs> let's go play, man. He went and got the little styrofoam swords. We're in there. He Captain Hook. I'm Peter Pan. You know, we, we getting it. And then this joker says, I'm going to go outside and ride my bike. I said, let's go, let's go. So I picked the bike up, and I carried it down the steps of our apartment, and we outside in the parking lot, and he's like, chase me, chase me. And I'm like, wisdom, nah, I'm going to sit right here. You're doing good, though, buddy. And then he says, hi, Daddy, I'm ready to go inside. I said, let's go inside. And so we got him going inside, and I realized, you know what? My back is all good now. And I came in the house, and I told my wife, I said, my, my back feel good. She's like, good, here, take Ryder now, take the baby. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. And, 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 I, and I got a scripture that even goes with that. Luke 17, 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, these are uh, Jesus talking to the lepers, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, somebody say, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, let me give you an example, because I was talking about past tense a little bit earlier. In John eleven forty one. Um, He says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. God, you already hear me. It's already done. It's like that scripture in Isaiah 53 and 5. You know, you were bruised for our iniquities. You were, uh, am I saying it right? You were bruised for our iniquities. You were wounded for our transgressions. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed because it was already done. Healing is already yours. Whatever you have need of financially is already done. Whatever you're believing God for, again, all of this, if it lines up with his word, it's already done, okay? I'm not saying come out in this parking lot tonight, y'all, and say I received five million dollars in my bank account because God ain't told you that. Don't just be doing stuff, okay? Don't be doing it. Second Corinthians 4, 13. I love y'all. I love that we can have fun at our church. We can't have fun at church, right? Yeah. All right, because I mean, they ain't talking to me in the back. And we have in the I'm sorry, Second Corinthians four thirteen. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. You know, uh, John Round says something um, on Sunday that just blew my mind away. He says that Jesus operated in two ways. He operated under a general re- revelation of the scriptures, and he says he offered, excuse me, operated under a special revelation of God, meaning Holy Spirit within him. So sometimes Holy Spirit will speak something to you 
And when it lines up with his word, that's how you know it's Holy Spirit speaking to you, then that's how you know where to place your, your faith. Does that make sense? So, for instance, I think I might have even said this before. Um, um, after we had Levi and we were believing God for another child and we were having trouble conceiving, and I prayed. I prayed according to the scripture. I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you I did. And one day I was walking the dog, and the Holy Spirit said, stop asking me and speak. I came in the house. I said, this time next year we're going to have a baby. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing about that. That's agreement right there. So she wasn't still believing and thinking and speaking something contrary to what I had already said. She said, okay. And I think a few weeks later, maybe a few weeks later, we were pregnant. Sure. Maybe a couple months. But this time next year, though, <laughs> this time next year, it was, you know, it was like that. It, it was just how I said it. It happened. So sometimes Holy Spirit will speak to you in a certain way. The example that John Rowden used, he said his, um, his aunt had fell and broken her ankle. And he could have done all sorts of biblical examples, you know, get up in the name of Jesus. He could have said, your sins are forgiven, take up your bed and walk, all which are biblical. But he said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And Holy Spirit told him what to do, and he did it. So he applied the word, but then that special revelation that comes by Holy Spirit, he used that. Amen? Um, Faith cannot be released without your word. So if you're believing God for something and you ain't ever said it out loud, you have set nothing in motion, church. So if you're introverted and you don't like to talk, you better say it out loud. Set that thing in motion because your words carry out your thoughts, okay? Words will activate your faith. And if you speak what God has said, when you speak the word, you will bring to your remembrance what he has already said. Does that make sense? Anybody ever have a little kid and you say, hey, if you be good today, I take you to McDonald's. I did this last night, matter of fact. Levi came to practice last night. I said, you hungry? He said, yeah. I said, we're going to go. He said, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. That's his favorite restaurant. He's full. I said, no, we ain't going to Chick-fil-A. But I'll take you to McDonald's. And he said, okay. Cheeseburger, no onion, no pickle, please. And I said, all right. He said, and a cookie. Got it. We got in the car. The joker asked me probably five times from here to White Oak. You want to get my cheeseburger? No pickle, no onion, and a cookie? You want to get a cheeseburger? No pickle, no onion? And, and I didn't play him off. I said, yes. And so every time I said it, gave him a piece because he would get quiet for a little bit, y'all. He would get quiet for a little bit, and then he would ask me. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, oh, that's good, Lord. So it brought him peace. And so sometimes when you don't see the manifestation of what you're believing God for, just open up this Bible, y'all, and see where that promise is in the Bible and meditate on that thing. Over and over, over and over until you see it, okay? All right. How am I doing this time? Okay. Can y'all handle one more example? I just got time. <sighs> when faith is your default setting, you, you don't have trouble coming up with examples. There was a, I got out of Lynchburg just in time to come to y'all, y'all. This summer, Lynchburg has had a tornado, flooding, maybe that, but that stuff never happens in Lynchburg. It just doesn't. And um, the area where my house is in Lynchburg, it's a wooded area full of trees. And they said, my, you know, everybody in Lynchburg who was concerned about us, they called us and said, hey, you better call and check on your tenants. You better make sure your stuff ain't got a tree sitting on your roof or make sure everything is good because your whole area is messed up. I said, Keisha, you want to call the tenants? Keisha said, if something were messed up, I'm sure they would have called us. But in Jesus' name, there's nothing wrong with our stuff. And it is exactly as we said it. I don't think they've called us about anything. Yeah. 
Praise God. You believe it and you don't doubt it, church. On, let's go to Mark 11, chapter 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, he being Jesus, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Did that trip y'all, does that trip y'all when y'all read it? I ain't never seen a tree with a mouth. But stuff be talking to you, though. <laughs> stuff be talking to you. You got to talk back to it. And it says, no man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Heard it. Again, faith comes by hearing. So unless you speak it out loud, nobody will hear it. And sometimes, y'all, you might still be trying to develop in those faith muscles, but it's good to even test out some stuff with people. Like you might tell somebody, hey, I might be way off on this. Tell me if I'm on. Tell me if I'm off because it's going to help me develop in my faith. I feel like the Lord is saying X, Y, and Z. And they'll go, oh, man, spot on. Praise God. And you just, oh, my faith muscles are a little bit bigger. Or you can say, nah, that's not it. That, you, know, you didn't hear from the Lord. And they go, okay, well, praise God. I'll keep trying. But either way, they can develop in their faith muscles. So I think it's awesome that the disciples heard it because a little ways down in verse 20, it says, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up. From the roots, people will see what you're believing God for if you let them. Hey, that's a good plug for small groups. You should get in a group so you can do life with people so they can see what God is doing in your life. And you can take part of what God is doing in their life. Y'all think I'm being cheesy, but I'm telling you, the environment for growth is truly relating. Y'all say, oh, he just sounds like Pastor Mitch. Well, glory to God, that's a compliment. Listen, get in groups. Do community with people. Let them be a part of what God is doing in your life, and you be a part of what he's doing in their life. And Peter calling to remember, said unto them, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Faith, that's the Greek word, pistis, right? So the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, that's you, shall say you have a mouth unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, we know this scripture in the church. We quote this scripture a lot. But this is the part I'm talking about right here where we believe in God. And because things have not panned out in the past, how we have wanted them to, we don't realize that we are allowing the enemy to contaminate our faith. You cannot separate God from his word. Anybody believe God in here? I know, I know in your heart, I know you believe God. You've confessed and you believe. Listen. I know, I know that the enemy is real, and you know it. He, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But if you get hung up on what did or did not happen the way you believed for it to come to pass, and you start to doubt God's words, then you've already lost, and you will not see what you're believing God for. This Bible, y'all, is full of people that we learn from, that we grow from, that have had horrible lives. People, Paul, beaten, 
shipwrecked, thrown in prison just for believing and speaking faith. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's so many people um, who, um, Hebrews uh, 11, the hall of faith is full of people. The Bible talks about that a lot of them, they died and did not even see what they were believing for come to pass. They didn't. And you're saying, well, Joshua, that's not very encouraging. However, the point is, do not, do not, do not stop your belief in God and in his word. Do not. I said when I got up here to do the transition, if you were to just consider the things that he's brought you from, that's enough right there. That is enough right there. Some of us, you might be dealing with health issues. The fact that you are here right now as a gift. And God, we praise you for it. Some of us, the fact that you were able to get in your car and turn it on, because they don't always turn on, and get here, that is a gift. Anybody been there? I'm, I'm just saying. We just went, look, let me tell you about the grace of God. We just went to Florida, man, and I looked at the sticker on my window, and I said, okay, the date says my next oil change is the 25th, and I got up to X amount of miles. I'm going to try to save all the money I can to have a good time in Florida. So I did not get my oil changed. So we drove all the way to Florida, living it up. And then we, um, we come back. We come back, and we pop, we're on our way back. And I, I stop at this gas station. And um, I said, man, I'm kind of worried. Like, I, I, so I, I checked the oil. Man, they won't know oil on that dipstick. They won't know oil. I said, Father God, you so real. You so real. So I go in that gas, I go in, I go in it. Don't tell my father-in-law if y'all, if y'all, I go in that thing and I know the type of oil I need. They did not have it. So I'm, you know, I pull off my phone. I'm like, Siri, <laughs> what kind of oil can I put in this Dodge Durango? You know, all these different forms come up. People who don't know what they're talking about say, oh, put this kind. I'm like, they got that kind. So I put it in there. It was synthetic. And so I put it in there and glory to God, we made it back. And I've been driving my truck all week. I have gotten an oil change since then. You got to use wisdom too, y'all. But listen, <laughs> I could have been stuck in Florida. My wife would have been mad. I wouldn't even been here tonight. Because <laughs> sometimes I fear my wife more than I fear God. Y'all, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Keisha knows I love her. Listen, let me get the last part. Let me get the last part of this scripture. He says, and when you stand praying, in verse 25, forgive if you have ought against any that your father also which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Y'all, unforgiveness is also a hindrance to unanswered prayers. Again, how is your love walk? Oh, we keep coming back to that. How is your love walk? If you have some sort of feelings about anybody, even if you look, if you're like me and you have the discernment of a doorknob, I have wisdom. And I, if I'm not sure if we all good, I'm going to ask you. And you might say, oh, yeah, we all good. I'm saying, well, glory to God, because I just wasn't sure. And I want to make sure that I'm walking in love. All right. Point number four, expectations and faith. Look, are you expecting God to move? Are you expecting God to move? Because if you are expecting God to move, then there is some action that's accompanied with your expectation. Faith without works is dead. Amen. Amen. So you guys know uh, the story. Jesus is in Galilee and this man named um, Jairus, he comes and he says, come, my daughter's sick, she's close to dying, 
And Jesus makes his way, and all of a sudden, somebody touches Jesus, and the default setting was not that. His default setting was the love. He turned around in compassion, and he says, who touched me? Because power has gone from me. And, you know, the disciples, y'all know the story. The disciples, oh, all these people around you, what are you asking questions like that for? You know, of course. And so the lady comes up and she explains everything, how she's given all she's had. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. That's a tough pill to, 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 to swallow sometimes because, yes, we know Jesus is a healer. But in this instance, he said, what? Your faith is what made you will. And then there's another time Jesus was in Jericho and he was walking uh, down this road and this man said, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son, everybody, shh, be quiet. Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Son of David, have mercy on me. He began to cry out all the louder. The more they tried to hush him, the more they tried to hinder his faith. He cried out all the louder and it got the attention of Jesus. says, what can I do for you? He said, I, I just want to say, hey, well, you got it. You got it. You see, because your faith, what you're believing God for, if it's not accompanied by action, you might be believing God to lose a couple pounds. But if you don't diet, if you don't exercise, that's just a practical example. You might be believing God for this new job. But if you didn't put in an application... <laughs> You see what I'm saying? You might be believing God for debt free. And yes, all things are possible with God. He can move on the heart of somebody to sow the money you need into your life. But if you ain't working, how's that debt going to come down? You see what I'm saying? So this is, yeah, we are Christians and the supernatural and the spiritual things of God are supposed to be a part of our everyday life. But there's also the practicality of the whole thing. You, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and even with your expectation, your expectation will, will guide what you say. You might be flipping them burgers or rolling over them chickens um, at, at, at Bojangles. Right, TJ? Wherever he is. Nope. Okay. <laughs> but in your heart, you dream one day of being a realtor. Somebody says, what do you do for a living? Man, I'm a realtor. While I flip these burgers. I'm a realtor. Why I rotate this chicken? I'm a realtor. You might have dreams one day of, 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 of sitting in the cabinet office of the president of the United States. But right now, you're just cutting grass. What do you do for a living? Well, psh, I'm an advisor to the president of these <laughs> United States of America. You see what I'm saying, y'all? So uh, when your life is governed by faith, it will dictate your actions. It will dictate your tongue. It will dictate almost everything. It will even dictate how you love other people. Amen? Amen. Ooh. And why are you waiting? Why are you flipping them burgers? Why are you cutting the grass? Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Um, sometimes God will give you a promise, and it will take years for that thing to come to pass. Genesis 12, uh, 2, 3, God tells Abraham, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He says, you know, I, you will have descendants as numerous as the stars. And it took forever. He even got out of the will of God and had another baby by another woman. He got out of the will of God. But when he finally got in agreement with what God was saying, when he finally got in agreement with what God was saying, that thing came to pass. And the Bible says that because Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Amen. Let me, let me read this to you. Romans 4, 
um, verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. We're talking about Abraham. Even God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. It's kind of like what they were doing to um, blind Barnabas. It doesn't matter what they say. It matters what he says. Bring your actions into line with what he says. He says, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Somebody says, how do I know if I'm weak in faith or not? Well, if you consider your circumstances, that will weaken your faith, okay? And when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. How do I stagger at the promises of God? Your unbelief, okay? You see that? But was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him as righteousness. So when you believe God, when you get a word from God, whether by special revelation of the Holy Spirit or you find a scripture in this Bible that pertains to you and your situation and and your family, don't stagger at the promises of God. Don't let unbelief um, creep in because you can be counted as righteousness and God will bring that thing to pass. It might take five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. Don't count God out. God is able to do just what he said he would do, right? He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. Man, we might be singing that soon. <laughs> yeah, listen, let me do this last point, and I'm going to get out of the way real quick. Um, rest and faith. Ask yourself, are you resting yet? So faith says that it's done even when you haven't seen the physical proof of it being done, you haven't seen the manifestation of it. Um, you know, God in Genesis, he rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, but because he was finished, right? And, and, and um, resting is the action that accompanies the finished work. So think about how you feel on Friday, right? You didn't worked all week, but once five o'clock come, you rejoicing. You in the parking lot, and your flesh nature, even you like, this is how we do it. It's Friday night. You, you in the parking lot rejoicing because you know the work is done, and they better not call me or ask me about anything till Monday morning because the work is done. I'm going to rest. Is it just me? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> for the real folk in here, I'm telling y'all, that's how it be when you get off and you... You turn your phone off and everything. You're like, don't call me. Look, so you might say, well, how do I get to that place of rest? Like, I can't just sit down, Joshua, and just be at ease. And that's fine. Um, Let me challenge you to rejoice. Rejoicing will move you to a place of rest. Does that make sense? So let me give you, I'm going to cut out a bunch of scripture here, but I'm going to say this right here. In Joshua 6, 2, the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand, Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. So that's the promise. That's what they were believing God for. They can believe God for it because God said it was for them to believe. Yes, you see that? And then um, you guys know the story. They walked around Jericho a bunch of times on the last, last day, last time. They made a bunch of noise. So in verse 16, 
And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. See, your response will help you choose joy. And your response should always be in response to God's faithfulness and to God's goodness. And so that's why they shouted. Now, Joshua said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. They had, the walls had not fallen down yet. They just making noise at this point. Verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets and it came to pass. Somebody say it came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. So the promise came, then their response came, and then the manifestation of it came. So a lot of times, I don't know if you ever noticed this, we're very strategic here. When we pray, if you come to pray on Thursday nights, for instance, hey, we have prayer on Thursday nights from 630 to 730, you should come. Um, whenever we end up closing our prayer, whoever's leading prayer, they always say something like, you know, we pray, you know, all these things, and then we say something like, well, God, we thank you. God, we bless you. God, you're good. We thank you that you're going to bring it to pass. You know what we're doing? We're rejoicing. And we're resting and we're reminding ourselves that God is faithful to bring it to pass. And then we don't even have to worry about it anymore. We don't. We don't. Do me a favor. Stand to your feet. Here's what I want you to um, ask yourself these, these things. Um, or evaluate, rather. Evaluate what you're listening to or who you're listening to. Evaluate, church your love walk. Evaluate. Y'all can't see me because I'm short. Evaluate your words. Evaluate. Are you in expectation? Evaluate. Are you resting or rejoicing? Because I want you to see what you're believing God for come to pass. We want to see what you're believing God for come to pass. This isn't a prosperity message. I'm not talking about going out of here and believing God for materialistic things. I'm not. Healing is yours. Provision is yours. It's not God's will for you to be in lack. It's not God's will for you to have pain in your body. It is not God's will for um, you to be beneath anything. Matter of fact, the word of God says you're the head and never the tail. The word of God says you're above and never beneath. The word of God says that you are to be the lender and never the borrower. And it's okay if for a season you are any of those things. But God's will is for you to be head more than a conqueror, an overcomer, because that's who we are. Somebody said, that's who I am.